Well, turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 14, we continue, of course, our study of the Gospel of Luke. And in this, in this great book, this powerful book, Jesus is shown to be the perfect man, the sacrifice, the substitute for the sins of the world. Now, he's on his way to Jerusalem. He has left Galilee, and he has finished his ministry there. He's going to Jerusalem, and of course, the question will be why, because he's going to go there to die on the cross, to pay for sin, and to rise again. As we get clo- as he gets closer and closer to Jerusalem, we've seen over and over that the opposition of these religious leaders get worse and worse. And there's a truth to understand. Jesus came to offer himself as the king and Messiah to the nation of Israel. That's why he came. Realize that as a whole, and we've seen this over the last weeks, that as a whole, the nation has rejected him. They rejected him. The religious leaders hate him. The nation missed him. They did not see him as the Messiah. John 1.11 says he came into his own, and his own received him not. So this morning, in our study, Jesus is going to show the rejection of the nation of Israel. He shows it by using a banquet. Because he's at a banquet, and a guy makes a statement about the kingdom, and he says, you know, blessed is everyone who gets to eat bread in the kingdom. He's saying, blessed is everybody who's in the kingdom of God is going to be with God forever. Well, Jesus is going to use that statement to show that, as a whole, There'll be a lot of people who rejected the invitation, and in this passage, it's the nation of Israel. Those who were invited did not come. That's a picture of Israel and the religious leaders and rejecting the Messiah. There were others that are going to be invited, and they did come. That's going to be the picture, really, of, of, the, of the Gentiles. That's us. Some powerful truths. So as we study, may we have an understanding of the offer of the kingdom, the banquet, and the whole truths about eternal life. All who believe are the ones taking the invitation and they have eternal life. All those who reject, those are the ones refusing the invitation and they'll be separated. There's so much in this little passage and we'll see it this morning. Well, I want to begin with four questions, okay? Question number one, what is heaven? Number two, what is the kingdom of God? Number three, who gets to be in the kingdom? And number four, what is the banquet in the kingdom? So let's start with the first question, what is heaven? Heaven is the time when we're with Jesus Christ for all eternity. Let me tell you what this means. When people talk about going to heaven, you understand that when a person dies today, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Heaven is actually when you're with Jesus. Now, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Anyone who dies today who knows Christ, they're at the right hand of the Father with Jesus. There's also going to be a time that will be so-called heaven will be on this earth, and then there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth and for all eternity. So heaven, really, when we say, I want to be in heaven, heaven is with Jesus Christ. Second question is, what about the kingdom? What is the kingdom? It is the time when Jesus Christ rules the world. And there's a twofold aspect of that. We taught it for the last couple of weeks. There will be a time on this earth when Jesus will rule as the king for a thousand years. We call that the millennial kingdom. He'll make a new heavens and a new earth, and then he'll rule as king forever. It's called the eternal kingdom, sometimes called the eternal state, and, and he will rule forever. So that's the kingdom. The third question is, who gets to be in the kingdom? All who believe in Jesus Christ. His Savior. Any person, whosoever will believe, will have eternal life and be in the kingdom. And then the last part is, what about this banquet? Well, at the very beginning of the kingdom, there is a banquet. Sometimes it's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's where all believers come together and fellowship with the Savior. And to be at the banquet is to have eternal life and to be in the kingdom. Now, I just wanted you to see those four questions as we start, because we'll see it as we go through this, this little parable, this little story that Jesus gives. 
He uses the illustration of a banquet to teach about God's kingdom, about the fellowship and the invitation. The invitation to the banquet and the offer of salvation all tie together. It's all about the kingdom. And so I want you to grasp that. Jesus gives a story to show the rejection of Israel. Now, it's a hard thing to understand. But when Jesus came to this earth and he came to the nation of Israel, he offered to them. He said, I am your king. I am the Messiah. He did everything that he was supposed to do. They are rejecting him. As we're going through the book, we're seeing they reject him. And there, the invitation is to be with the Messiah and the king, to be in the kingdom, to be at the banquet. And they miss it. And that's how he's going to use this picture, this story of the banquet. And and the great truth is this. All who accept the invitation will be in the banquet and be in the kingdom. It's very powerful. Well, we'll put this together as we go through the passage. Jesus is almost to Jerusalem. The oppression and the opposition gets worse and worse. Last time he was invited to this Pharisee's house, and not just any Pharisee, but one of the leaders, one of the main ones, and he was invited to the house to eat. The whole plan was to trick Jesus. They had this person in there, had dropsy. What they wanted to do was to see if Jesus would heal on the Sabbath day. They were going to try to trick him. Now, he's done it over and over. He's healed on the Sabbath day, and he raised the question to them is it is it lawful to heal on the sabbath well they really thought it was wrong to work on the sabbath but the truth is they've never healed on the sabbath so he sort of tricked it and put it right back on him and he healed this man and what he taught was this that there's love rather than laws it's love for people rather than rules and it's humility rather than pride because they were prideful people he looked and they were all trying to get the best seats and we saw all this last week from this jesus is going to teach about the kingdom he's going to teach about the invitation to the kingdom and it's all a picture of salvation let me give you the big overview of chapter 14 we did this last week but chapter 14 the first part is about love not legalism the second part is humility not pride we saw that third part was blessings and reward that's where we ended and we begin now in verse 15 salvation and discipleship the rest of this chapter part of deals with salvation part of what deals with discipleship look at the the little next section here the one we're in this morning 15 through 24 is dealing with salvation it's an invitation to the banquet that's salvation come to the banquet and he uses a parable because he uses israel here and it's dealing with them and we'll see that today the last part of the chapter deals with discipleship and by the way we'll talk right at the end this morning that there's a difference between discipleship and salvation and in discipleship he talks about taking up the cross he gives some illustrations about the cost of discipleship and he ends it with an illustration dealing with salt so this morning salvation next week discipleship i want you to see how that fits together now let me break down the passage for today Uh, In 15 through 24, there's, first of all, a statement about the kingdom. That's where that guy says, it's great to be in the kingdom and be eating. And he gives the parable concerning the kingdom. We see an invitation. We see the excuses. We see more invitations. And we see the results. There's some great things there. And we'll see how it all ties together. We're going to see Jesus talking about the kingdom, the banquet, and the salvation. Now, he's in a banquet now, and he's been talking about people getting the best seats and all of those kind of things, about inviting people to the banquet. And so he's going to talk about this idea of being with God. To the Jewish person, to say, the banquet. If you said, the banquet, most of them would say, oh, you mean... Oh, the banquet, the banquet in, in eternity when, when the Messiah comes and the kingdom comes and the king comes and we're all in the banquet with him. That's what they would think. Most Jews thought they were going to be at the banquet. In fact, all religious Jews thought they would because they were good. They said, we're the, we're the best people. We're going to be at the banquet. We'll probably have the best seats at the banquet. 
Well, notice what happens. Jesus had talked about inviting people to a banquet. Look at verse 15. When one of those who were reclining at the table with him heard this, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. So one of those guys who's already at this banquet where Jesus is, and he's reclining, when he heard Jesus talk about a banquet, it dawned on him about, you know, the banquet and the marriage supper and the beginning of the kingdom and all of this. And as we said, most Jews, if you ask them about that, they'd say, oh, yeah, there's going to be a kingdom, there's going to be the banquet. And then he says, blessed, blessed is everyone who eats bread in the kingdom. The word blessed really means happy. He's saying it's really good to get to eat bread in the kingdom. To eat bread in the kingdom means to be at the banquet. It's good to be at the banquet. Being at the banquet, you're in the kingdom. And let me tell you, he assumed he would be there. If you said to this man, do you believe that one day you will be at the banquet in the kingdom with the king? He would say, of course I will. I'm Jewish. I'm a good Jew. I keep the laws. I keep the rules. Of course I will. To enter the kingdom was to mean to have life forever with God. This banquet is the fellowship with God at the beginning of the kingdom. Now, let me remind you of some things. First of all, we've talked about the comings of Jesus Christ. There are two comings of Christ to the earth. First coming that Jesus Christ came to the earth. He came, born in Bethlehem. He came to die on the cross to pay for sin. He's the Savior. The second time Jesus Christ comes as the king, he comes as the king to rule in righteousness and judgment. I've got a timeline for you. I just want to show you this. may have to drop the lights just for a second so everybody can see this. But let me show you. The first coming of Jesus Christ is the cross. This is where he came. He died on the cross to pay for sins. Uh, He was buried and rose again, walked on the earth 40 days, sent him back to heaven. That's his first coming. Now, you have to skip over to the second coming because the idea of the rapture, one of these days we're the church, we're taken off the face of the earth. That's not the second coming of Christ. That's the coming in the clouds. When we talk about the first coming and the second coming, we're talking about coming to the earth. First coming to the earth to die on the cross. Second coming to earth to come as the king. In between is the rapture. That's us. And there's a tribulation time period and all of these things. But the thing we're emphasizing here is the kingdom. And the second coming of Jesus Christ, he comes to this earth as the king. He sets up a kingdom that rules on this earth for a thousand years. And then later, where I've got eternity there, there's an ongoing kingdom that will be for all time. When he sets up the kingdom, at the beginning of the kingdom is a banquet. It's called oftentimes the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, I don't want you to turn there. Just listen to me. I'm going to be reading from Revelation chapter 19. I want to read to you a verse that shows Jesus coming the second time. Here's what it says. I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, on his head are many crowns, diadems. He has a name written on him no one knows. A little bit later it says he's coming as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's the second coming of Christ. Now, in Revelation 19, it also tells us about the supper. Listen to what he says. This is Revelation 19, verse 7. It says, let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and the bride has been made ready. It is given to her to clothe herself in fine linen. And then it says, right blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's the same thing that guy's talking about. He says, blessed are everybody who gets to eat in the kingdom. That's what he was talking about. Isaiah, listen to this, Isaiah 25, 6. 600 years before Jesus was ever born, talks about this banquet. And he says, And the Lord of hosts will prepare a lavish banquet for all peoples on this mountain. 
A banquet of aged wine, choice pieces with marrow and refined aged wine. All who believe are in the kingdom and come to the supper. Now, in Luke chapter 13, the chapter we just passed, he says this. Jesus says, And they will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. So at the beginning of this thousand years, there's going to be a banquet. And all who believe in Jesus will come to the banquet. And they'll be there. Now let me remind you of something. Jesus has already told these Jewish people who are rejecting him that they won't be in the banquet. In fact, in Luke chapter 13 verse 28, he said this. In that place will be weeping and gnashing of teeth because you will see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but yourselves will be thrown out. So what I want you to understand as we start this little parable that Jesus has already taught about the fact that there's going to be this kingdom and there's going to be this banquet, but these Jews who are rejecting him, they won't be in the banquet. Now I want you to understand, you want to be in the banquet? You want to be in the banquet? You put your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior. Anyone, all time, whether you're Jew or Gentile, you believe in Jesus for eternal life, you'll be in the banquet and you'll be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Because Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets and everybody from the north, south, east and west are all coming together for the banquet. Now the invitation to come to the banquet is the invitation of salvation. That's why this guy says, at the end of verse 15, Blessed is everyone who eats bread in the kingdom of God. He is exactly right. It is blessed to all who are there because they've trusted in the Messiah. They're eating in the banquet. They're in the kingdom. The problem is, is these Jews that he's talking to, these people who are at this little meeting and this banquet, they've not believed in Jesus Christ. They've been invited, but they are not coming. See, he's invited them. He's shown that he's the Messiah and that he's the Savior. He's done all the things he's supposed to do, and yet they reject him. And so he's going to give a story to show how they're rejecting him. Now, you know what Jesus has done. He came. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He gave the forgiveness of sins. He calmed the sea. He had control over everything. He has shown that he is the Messiah and the Savior. He's fulfilled Isaiah 35 and Isaiah 61, 62. He's done all the things the Messiah was to do. If anyone should have recognized him and said, there's our king, it should have been Israel. But they didn't. They rejected him. And, and technically speaking, they're missing the banquet and the kingdom. And so he's going to give them the story. He's going to give a story about a man who decides to have a party. And so he invites these people. And what they say is, we're going to come. We're going to come. But then it's time for the banquet. He's got everything ready. And so he says, tell everybody to come. And they go, mm, no, i got other things i got to do. It's a picture of Israel being invited to be in the banquet and in the kingdom. And they say, we don't, we're not coming. we got other things. Other things. Watch what happens. Verse 16. But he said to him, a man was given a big dinner and he invited many. Now I want you to understand he's giving this big dinner and, and here's the contrast now. Here it is, this big dinner. He's got everything going. It takes many days to get it ready. There were two invitations in those days, by the way. First of all, there was the first invitation that was sent out to all those to come and they say, are you going to come? And they would say yes. And so based on how many people said they were coming, he would fix the banquet. So he said, send out my invitations. They all said yes, we're coming. And so he got back and they said, okay, this many people's coming. So they got everything ready. When they got everything ready... 
then there was this second invitation when everything was ready and they sent people out to tell them everything's ready now. So notice, he said a man was given a big dinner and invited many. That's his first invitation. And at the dinner hour, that's when it's ready, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is ready now. That's the second invitation. Now, many could make application and say that the first invitation were the prophets who were telling them the Messiah's coming, the Savior's coming, the King is coming. And they said, yeah, he's coming. And then the second invitation is John the Baptist coming and saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There's the Messiah. So here comes John, so to speak, going out to invite people the second time, telling everybody, come on, everything is ready. Look at the contrast. Look what happens. But, verse 18, they all alike begin to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. First guy says, oh, oh, I remember I said I was going to come, but see, I'm not going to come because, see, I bought some land and I have to go out and look at it. Well, I want you to understand, nobody bought land without looking at it beforehand. You know, he's already, he's already looked at this land. He's, he's not, he's making this as an excuse, but the truth is he'd already looked at the land or he wouldn't have bought it. So it's what we call a lame excuse. You know what it was like? It was like the Jewish people see Jesus raising somebody from the dead and saying, he does that in the power of the devil. That's not from God. Lame excuse. So the first guy says, well, I bought some land and I have to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. Not wanting to come. Well, another one said, verse 19, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. Please consider me excused. Now, I want you to know that the normal person might have one yoke. Might. Five yoke. There's a rich guy. And the rich guy says, I just bought five yoke of oxen. I have to go try them out. You mean he bought five yoke without ever trying them out? No, he would try them out first. Once again, that's a lame excuse. He's just saying, I don't, I don't really want to come. That's a picture of Israel saying, we don't believe Jesus is the Messiah, even though he raised the dead and he healed the sick and he does everything he's supposed to do, that the Messiah is supposed to do. We're not going to believe in him. He's from the devil. There's a third guy. Verse 20, and another one said, I have married a wife, and for that reason I cannot come. That seems a little strange, doesn't it? You realize that in the, under the culture, the Jewish culture, if you got married, the man was exempt for warfare for a year. It had nothing to do with social obligations. Just because he was married didn't mean he couldn't come to the banquet. And notice, he doesn't even say, please excuse me. He says, I have married a wife, for that reason I cannot come. He doesn't even ask to be excused. He just said, I'm not coming. It's a picture of Israel not believing the Messiah, Jesus, has come. They're not trusting him. The invitation has gone out to the Jewish people, and they said, John 1.11, he came into his own, and his own received him not. Jesus has done all that the Messiah would do, the signs, the miracles, the forgive sin, the raise the dead. And what have they done? They've made excuses, excuses, excuses. Well, what happens? And the slave came back and reported this to his master. Then the head of the household became angry and said to the slave, Listen, go out at once into the streets and the lanes of the cities and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. When the guy came back and said, Well, I... 
I invited everybody that you invited, everybody that we invited, I went out to They all had these excuses. I mean, some guy said, I got to go look at the land that he already bought. Surely he wouldn't buy land without looking at it. Guy said he had to go try out these oxen that he bought, but surely he would have tried them out before he bought them. Some guy said he's going to, you know, he got married. Well, was that a surprise? I mean, usually a marriage is a whole year deal ahead from the time that they're betrothed. It's a year till they get married. That wasn't a surprise. He knew when he accepted the invitation that he's either about to get married or, or, or already just got married. So the slave comes back and basically says a bunch of lame excuses. And John the Baptist said, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And what happened to John? Ended up getting arrested and getting his head cut off. So what does the master of the house do? When everybody rejects his invitation that he sent out to, we'd say, the nation of Israel. And the slave came back and reported this to his master. Then the head of the household, this is verse 21, the head of the household became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and the lanes of the city. Go out where all the you know houses and the rows and the, little, the, big, the big streets, the little streets. Go out where people are. Bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. We gotta have people in this banquet. Go to the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. These were the ones considered unimportant by religious Jews. They weren't fancy, they didn't have money, they weren't the sharp ones. These were the ones, these are Jewish people who believed in the Messiah. See, they were the they were Jewish people who believed in Jesus, not as the, not as a whole as a nation, not the religious leaders, but there were people who did. And he says, Go out and invite them. Go get the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. And look what happened. And the slave said, verse 22, Master, what you commanded has been done. But there's still room. There still is room. Wow. There's more room. Still there is room here. He could have said, well, that's enough. That's enough. I mean, I invited people and some came, some didn't. That, that's enough. That's not what he said. We've got to go get everybody. I want this place full. Now, this is a picture of what? The kingdom? This is a picture of eternal life. This is a picture of coming to the banquet and being with Jesus Christ forever. And the invitation went to the nation of Israel, and the nation of Israel as a whole rejected. Now, God's not through with Israel. There's going to come a time that as a nation, they're going to believe in the Messiah. That's going to happen. But the nation rejected. And so what did he do? He sent the word out to us. And he said, everybody, come on. And some started coming. He said, keep them coming, keep them coming, keep them coming. i got plenty of room. I want this place full. There going to be a lot of people in heaven, you think? He said, I want my place full. I want you to understand something. If people don't go to heaven, it's not because God didn't want them there. There's some people teach that God only chose certain ones. That is not from the Scripture. Whosoever will come. He's opening the doors of this banquet and says, Go get them and get them into this place. Look what he says. And the slave said, Master, what you commanded has been done, and there is there still is room. And the master said to the slave, You go out into the highways and along the hedges. Go out everywhere you can go and compel. That means just like... Pull them in, beg them, come, tell them to come on. 
compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. God wants people to be saved. He wants people to come to the banquet. He wants people to be in the kingdom. He is not limiting. It's whosoever will come, whosoever will believe. Jesus came to save the world, not to what? Not to condemn the world, but the world through him would be saved. It is God who so loved the what? The world, not just certain parts of the world, not just certain people in the world. He so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, anyone who would believe, take the invitation, accept the invitation, come to the banquet, would not perish, but have everlasting life. 1 John 2, 2, he is the satisfactory payment, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the entire world. There's an invitation to every human being to come to the banquet. Look at the next verse. For I tell you, none of these men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. Why? Because he don't want them to come? No, because they didn't come. They rejected All who reject Jesus Christ will not be in the kingdom, will not be at the banquet. Whose fault is that? It's not God's fault. God says, all you who are weary, heavy laden, come on. Whoever will believe, come on. I got a banquet. I got a place that you can be with me forever. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to start off with a big meal. You like to eat, don't you? Yes. Come on. That's what he's saying. Come on. I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. Why? Because they rejected the invitation. It's not God's fault. It's their fault. He invited all people to come. He's made everything ready. He's not wanting it. He's not wanting to limit the kingdom. All who believe will be in the kingdom. All who reject will be separated. Jesus wants all people to come. And what he's told every one of us to do, who know Jesus Christ as Savior, he said, what I want you to do is I want you to go into the world and I want you to proclaim the gospel to people. I want you to tell them how Jesus died on the cross, paid for sin, rose again. If they believe in him, they'll have eternal life. They'll get to be in the banquet, the kingdom, and everything. Offer to them eternal life as a gift. Tell them it's a gift. Tell them to come on. A person called earlier today and they said, Do you have your fellowship supper tonight, this Thanksgiving thing? I said, yes. Can anybody come or just members? No, no, no. Anybody can come. Anybody can come. And then she said, what's the cost? You know what I said? There is no cost. We got a little banquet tonight. It's for anybody who wants to come and doesn't cost a thing. God's got a big banquet it's eternal life and a kingdom. And it's for anybody who will come. And there's no cost involved. We go out into this community and we tell people there's no cost. Because there's people that think all over the place if you try to live good, you got to live good. you got to do this. you got to do this. you got to do this. they got thing after thing after thing they think you got to do in order to be saved. And the Bible says, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. It's not by works of righteousness, which we've done. It's by grace we are saved through faith, not of ourselves. It's the gift of God over and over and over. It's just faith. You're invited to the banquet. All who believe have eternal life. 
God has done it all through Jesus Christ. Everything is ready. He calls you to believe in Jesus as Savior. Invites you and all who believe have eternal life. And you're in the banquet. And so my question for all of you in this room. And I know most of you. I know the answer. But have you believed in Jesus Christ as your Savior? By faith in Him. Understand He died for you. He paid for sin. He rose again. He gives you eternal life. You have entrance into the banquet. Entrance into the kingdom. You're invited. And all who will believe in Him will not perish. But have everlasting life. You may say, well, can anybody come? Yeah, is it just members or anybody? It's anybody who believes. What's the cost? It's free. Now, I want to end with that one thought. Because next week, he changes. And he talks about another issue, and that's discipleship. Remember, salvation is a gift and costs us nothing. Discipleship costs us our lives. I want you to look at one verse, and we'll touch on this next week. Look at verse 27. Jesus says, Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me, that's a cost, by the way, cannot be my disciple. Notice he didn't say. Can't come to the banquet. Can't be a believer. Can't have eternal life. He didn't say that. He said there's a cost in being a disciple, and they're different, and we'll see that next week. What have we seen this morning? At the banquet, this man said to Jesus, Blessed are those who get to eat in the kingdom. And Jesus gave a story about the man who had the banquet. It was really a picture of Israel. Those invited did not come. That's the rejection of Messiah. So he invited others, and they did come. And that's a picture of those who believe. Let me give you some applications, and we'll close. The first application is one day Jesus is going to rule as the king. He is. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We saw it in Revelation 19 when I read those verses a while ago. A, I want you to understand that he's going to be the king. First, he will rule on the earth for a thousand years and then for all eternity. He indeed is the king on this earth, millennial kingdom, and then forever. Uh, He's going to come and there will be a new heavens and a new earth and he'll rule forever and ever and ever. Second, or B, under this, there will be a banquet in the kingdom. It's at the start. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. You want to be in the banquet? Well, guess what? Number two, all people are invited to the banquet. Both Jews and Gentiles, and we come simply one way, and that is by faith. God desires all people to believe and to have a place in the kingdom, to have a place in in the banquet. Those who do not come are there because they reject and they do not come. A, all who believe will be in the kingdom. I hope and pray that's every one of you in this room, that you have believed in Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're going to be in the kingdom. B, All who reject will not be in the kingdom, won't be at the banquet. If you've never trusted Christ right where you're sitting right now, you can believe that he died for you, paid for your sins, and rose again. And he gives you eternal life. And eternal life starts in this kingdom, the banquet, and forever with him. The third thing, I just brought this up because of the last passage. Understand the difference between salvation and discipleship. A, salvation costs us nothing. That's coming, to the, that's coming to the banquet. Cost us nothing. B, discipleship costs us our lives. That's serving him. That has nothing to do with salvation. And we'll see that next week. By faith in Christ, we come to the banquet in the kingdom knowing that he indeed is the Savior and the King. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, what a passage. Thank you for these great truths. Lord, realize that one day Jesus is going to rule as the King of Kings on this earth for a thousand years, then all eternity. Thank you, Lord, that there will be the marriage supper of the Lamb. There will be the banquet at the very beginning of the kingdom. Thank you, Lord, that all people are invited, Jews and Gentiles, everyone, all who believe will be in the kingdom. All who reject will not be in the kingdom. Lord, I hope and pray that all in this room and as we come in contact with people in this community, they will trust in Christ and be in the kingdom. Lord, thank you that there is a difference between salvation, which costs us absolutely nothing, it's the gift, and discipleship, which costs us our lives. May we understand that. Thank you, Lord, for these truths. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.